0: He's Bob, he's Kyle, and every Saturday morning, they morph together to form the greatest superhero known to man, Mr. Mechanic.
1: Check engine lights don't stand a chance.
0: This is the Mr. Mechanic Show on 1110 KFAB.
2: Good morning. This is the Mr. Mechanic Show. 558-1110 is the numbers to get in, and we can get in early so we can uh, answer your questions and... Try to help you out and get back out to that rainy day, so try to fix that car. We are Buchanan Service Centers at 50th and Dodge and 80th and Dodge, and guaranteed brakes 49th and Dodge. I'm Bob, as it said on the on the uh, introduction, and Kyle's sitting next to me. We've got, uh, what, 50-some-odd years of experience? We it, should be able to isn't help you. is that something? Yeah, it is. It's it a went, long time. Went by quick, too. Yeah. And everybody else that we have on board and at the stations, I mean, <laughs> Between all of them, it's 147, I think it is. 147 years of experience (laughs) individually. (laughs) Well, it's, you know, it's nice to be able to, when you have a a shop like ours that we're able to have, um, you know, four, six, you know, what, eight mechanics, we can bounce things off and um, everybody's seen something. Everybody's into a little bit of different things, cars and, and racing and things like that. So you can, you know, everybody's got their little specialty that you can figure it out and.
3: I haven't found mine yet.
2: Oh, you have to! <laughs> you have to. You've fixed more Subarus than the dealer has. So, uh, Gosh. I tell you what. Almost you, had another one this morning. Yeah. Well, you you've you've done a lot of them. You so you can close. You can have them apart in thirty <laughs> minutes and back together in an hour and a half. So uh, it's doing head gaskets. So yeah, you, you're you're good at that. Kyle's good at that. So if you got one of those,
0: stop, bring it on down.
2: Bring it on down. Kyle is a <laughs> expert at it. Uh, let's see. Well, you know, this is an interactive call-in show, so, uh... Just waiting on you guys. <laughs> yeah, waiting on you guys. We're just sitting here waiting, so we're gonna, you know, a couple of things we had. I noticed that, um, you know, they're trying to do, you know, the batteries. I mean, everything's heading towards battery, 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 and that's what we want to go to, and, uh, where, that's green. It's not as green as people think, but, you know... Yeah. It's somewhat green, but so I read an article the other day that a lot of these battery, uh, you know, manufacturers, and Tesla is one of them. You know, Elon Musk is one of them. Says that we're going to have a big, big problem with trying to get batteries for these cars. Right now, they are only about two percent of what is being built out there, like one to two percent of the cars, which is not that many. If you figure that in the United States, you're making 18 million cars, probably down a little bit because of the pandemic and can't get the chips, probably down to 15 million. That's a double, lot of cars. That's a lot of cars, a lot. And that's not just once in a while. That's every year, 15 million cars. Because I, I know at your station, Kyle, that there's at least one, if not two, if not three cars per day or per week, I should say, that, um, that just are done yeah you're not going to fix them they're just the motor blew up and transmission blew up or something it just costs more to fix it than it's worth and the car is trash to begin with and so that's one more it's got to be gone and here it takes another one and you got to sell another one and before you can get a used I don't know if you know this or not before you can get a used car yeah gotta buy it new yeah <laughs> so <laughs> that goes in so you know there just is you know and then when you don't produce the ones that get the chips for all of a sudden everybody's clamoring for them and that's why the prices are up so but to get the big batteries I mean when you start off building these vehicles if you got a problem with the battery getting one of those is more than likely going to be a problem and if it starts getting up to the point where you're it takes market share of 15 20 30 percent it's going to be a problem yeah the the United States only has two percent of the lithium that it takes to make one of these batteries, 2%. The rest of that, unfortunately, comes from China has a ton of it, Russia has a ton of it, and Ukraine has a ton of it. I think that's why Russia wants Ukraine, in my opinion. Too many riches that go on there. So we don't have enough in this country to even sustain what we're doing with that, so... It's going to be interesting to see Let's how go that... go
3: back to the carburetors.
2: Well, no. No. Kyle, <laughs> no. Stop. We do not want to go back to carburetors. We're done with those. So it's going to be interesting to see how we go forward. I mean, one of the things, you don't want to get into a car, and the next thing you can't utilize that car because it breaks down and you can't get the parts to do it. We have such in- infrastructure right now for brakes and rotors and master cylinders and engine parts and things like that to fix what we have it might be a problem on the inner side. So, yeah. I'll have to see. it would just be an interesting thing going forward. So we're going to start off and uh, go to Doug. Doug's got an 05 Toyota Corolla. Doug, what's going on today?
4: I just had a question for you. Mm -hmm. Um, A couple years ago, I put uh, synthetic oil in this car, and it's a 2-liter Toyota engine. And, you know, it was okay. But it's, it's starting to make a little noise now, a little clicking. And I'm wondering, can I safely go back to regular conventional oil? Because it seemed like it made
2: noise after it put synthetic in it. Yes. Yes. It'll be safe to go back to, you're probably running a 530 synthetic now. Yep. You can, yep. Go, you can go back to a conventional 530. And be quite honest with you, it's tough to find a conventional 530 anymore because most of it's gone to a synthetic blend. So well, if, if you can find conventional, great. But the majority of it's gone to synthetic blend, which is just a thinner-based oil for saving uh, mileage and you know right they're trying to do every little point here point there that they can so
4: no well that, I, I i use a place to change the oil and they have conventional oil but um i you know went to the synthetic just thinking I get longer out of it but what the problem with it is it's so thin i don't think the engine likes it as well and that's why it's making noise
2: well that, that yeah and there's how many miles it's got on it 200.
4: Oh, about
2: 130. Okay, 130. So after a, wh- a while, your bearing clearance gets bigger, and that mm-hmm. thin oil can't take up your bearing clearance, and it'll cause that. Also, you could have some piston slap going on a little bit, and that can make that noise. Those are cars are pretty common for rings that stick. Yes. And when those rings stick, it starts consuming more oil because it, the rings can't hold out against the, the the cylinder walls, and then it starts pumping more oil through the, through the engine and that synthetic which is so thin is going to cause the same kind of problem that's why thickening it, thickening it up um solves that particular problem so that's what i need to know yeah no you'll be Thank fine you guys yep appreciate the call mm-hmm. all right we're gonna head over to john john's got a 98 buick park avenue john what's going on
5: good morning guys um it's a 99 buick park avenue and um You know, every now and then, it's got a brand-new fuel pump in it. It's got a brand-new MAP sensor on it. It's got a um, brand-new fuel pressure regulator on it. And every now and then, when I come to a stop, um, I sit there and wait for the light to turn green. And um, all of a sudden, I take off, and it don't want to go anywhere. And then I give it more gas, more gas, more gas. And um, I still don't want to go anywhere, and all of a sudden it takes off. What would be causing that?
2: Hmm. Well, that's interesting. So, and, and how do you how do you get it going? And how do you finally get I, it going?
5: Well, I give it more gas, more more throttle, and um, you know, um, and all of a sudden it'll just take off. Other than that, you know, it, it just you know, it, it just won't go anywhere right after the light turns green after I give it gas. It just
2: nothing there hardly.
3: Any check engine
5: right now? Negative. No.
2: Okay. Um but, I can't
5: find any I can't find any codes in it.
2: Is he which I, don't that's
5: a, I wish it was, it was I wish I could.
2: Is the engine running rough or poorly at all? No,
5: no. It's got new plugs and wires yeah. in it too, sir. It kinda, a new air filter.
2: Kinda almost makes me wonder if you're not if it's, if it's just not going, like the torque converter isn't working, or something in the transmission, or, or you're starting off in second, second gear, gear or yeah. third gear or something like that, and then well, all of a sudden it just kicks no, off, would that leave a code? Not that old. No, not usually. If it does, it's gonna, it's gonna leave a "I'm broke" code. That's about it. You know something? Yeah. There's,
5: there's, there's no codes in the transmission either.
2: So it, I mean, if the engine's all working like it should, and you you accelerate and nothing happens i mean it's got to go from the engine to the transmission to the wheels and it just makes me think that you've got something in the in the transmission or the torque converter it's it's just not
3: when you're pushing on the gas is your tachometer going up are you getting rpms or do the rpms yeah i'm getting rpm you bet okay so your engine's working fine we're in the driveline
2: we're in the drivetrain so that's where we're looking at next
5: yeah man i just had that remanufactured um you so, know um and um that was about uh about a year two years ago
2: so here's what you do next time that happens um grab the gear shift pull it all the way down into first that's manual first okay, okay. manual first is manual first and uh it's okay. and see where it goes from there if it takes off all right. and you had a problem before you're definitely in the transmission because when you pull it down there first and reverse are i want to say more or less direct drive yeah so you're you're bypassing a lot of automatic things in there. So try that. Then yeah, I'll... next
5: question. Um, I got one more question for you on that. Um, you still there, guys? Yeah. Yeah. Um, would that be the torque converter clutch? Uh, so being uh being maybe slower or have a piece of junk stuck in it or something? I know it's got a screen on it.
2: No, the torque converter clutch solenoid is really going to probably is only going to come on when you're driving down the the road in fourth gear. Yeah, you got to be in passing gear to yeah. have that thing. Kick that's in. that's not going to right. If it's coming on when it's sitting at an idle, just getting ready to to take off, you're going to stall. You're going to stall. You're just going to immediately going to stall, and there's a much bigger problem. So no, that's torque converter maybe, but not solenoid at all. Mm. Okay. All
5: right. Try that. Yeah, I got one more one more little question. <laughs> um that gentleman that just called in the first guy
3: uh-huh
5: um, they got th- that gentleman that just called in the first guy that just called in sure um if he's looking for that oil advanced has got that oil
2: still got conventional
5: yes sir they all sure right. do
2: good good okay. glad, glad to know it all right okay
5: bye-bye
2: you bet all right five five eight eleven ten is the numbers to get in we're going to take a quick break and we we'll back and answer more calls
1: Hello, I'm Sarah McLaughlin's brother. Did you know that every 30 minutes, a mechanic goes without an oil change? Mechanics all over the world are starving to simply replace some intake manifold gaskets or replace ignition coils and engine coolant temperature sensors. In fact, one out of every 10 mechanics will go a full day without replacing an exhaust gas recirculation valve but now you can help for just 75 cents a day you can sponsor your own mechanic your donation will help complete a mechanics life by giving him the basic needs of replacing mass airflow sensors and maybe even a catalytic converter and in return for your contribution we'll send you a picture of your mechanic replacing an oxygen sensor for the very first time forget about homeless puppies and starving children. The real need is to fulfill a mechanic's workday so that he doesn't get too bored just sitting around in a dirty garage. Thank you.
2: So do we. We're back on the Mr. Mechanics show. 558 5, 1110. So are we. We'll tell you the truth. Yeah. Call in. Many versions us, of it. Tell us what kind of car you got. We'll either give you a thumbs up, thumbs down tell you if we'd buy it, we wouldn't buy it and tell you if we, what the number is to the salvage yard. All right. Uh, Mark, Mark's got a couple of questions. We head over to Mark, Mark, what's going on?
0: Hey guys. Um, it's kind of, it's more of a petty complaint, but I've, you know, when you own several cars, um, it seems like they put the cruise control on one side of the steering wheel for one manufacturer. And, uh, Maybe the station selection on the other, and but then the next manufacturer reverses that. I just I know it's not really a mechanical issue. It's it's certainly the design. But have you has anybody else? Am I the only one that complains about this? Or
2: it, it have drives. You observed this yourself? Oh yeah, yeah. No, I've observed it. You know, it's kind of like if they're built in Europe, uh, you oh have God. to reach clear yeah. across to adjust the the radio knob. It's kind of it's almost where they build the most cars is to the accommodate the person that's driving it. yeah, you know, like Jaguar and you know some other people, yeah, it's it's just it's weird how the layout is and it, sometimes you wonder who got involved in making some of this stuff and why don't you yeah. put why don't you put most of the things on the steering wheel? That's where your hands are most of the time instead yeah. of having to fiddle around. One of the things that drives me nuts is that we've gone to these electronic screens, and now you have to literally take your eyes off the road to look at the screen so you can change channels. Well... And you it gotta, tells you. It tells you not to do it. <laughs> yeah, and you got to go up and down. You got to press these little buttons on the dash or whatever, and they don't work half the time. Cadillac's got a problem with that. Yeah. Every time you touch Your their
3: fingers, greasy. Now you're not. Yeah.
2: Yeah. 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 You, you reach over. Next thing you know, you're. It's it's the decibels are a thousand. So. What, yeah, I want to. What my. What my beef is. I think I'm speeding up
0: one or two miles an hour by touching my accelerate on my cruise control, mm. but I accidentally changed the radio station. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's, anyway, it's, I'll hang up now. No, it's, it's just, don't worry. Uh, the feeling's mutual.
3: Bob and I are in 20 or 30 different cars a day. We got to get used to it. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, exactly. Uh,
2: and, Trying, Great. trying Great to. Guys. Yep, you bet, you bet, Kyle. You know, trying to reset the oil lights, Uh, You know, some of them were super difficult, like a Range Rover, for example. Fiat, any of those? Yeah, and now you know, I've seen a couple of late model Range Rovers. They they've made it easy. They turned it back okay. to easy. I, I, Wait I, a second,
3: guys. Who bought this company? <laughs>
2: <laughs> Who bought this company? And why did they make it easy? I I just don't understand. But yeah, things don't always have a rhythm to them I mean we we're talking Subaru you know now they have attached more and more lights onto that check engine light oh yeah it's a Christmas tree it's a Christmas tree so in the Toyota for example if you got check engine light comes on the skid control the VSC, light comes on the BSC and, and ABS and that all light. makes sense that that all makes sense and I get that part the the one that like Subaru kicks out your cruise control.
3: Oh yeah, and the tire light comes on. You can't use the cruise. Uh, yep. All kinds yep. of stuff. And
2: yep. So if you are in town, that cruise doesn't bother you. But I've had a lot of people... people in panic mode. Literally, it does put people. I was
3: just driving down the road. Now everything's gone wrong. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <Just> calm down. <laughs> and here they live <laughs> out of town. You know, a lot of people commute in town. Now they got a Subaru. The, the cruise control don't work. You know, they they can't afford to fix it or whatever, and they got to in order to get it back. And it just forces you straight into it. So. Uh, and you know, it is what it is. So but yeah, I agree. They're, and every year that comes out there There's new lights. Yeah.
3: We're gonna need a bigger instrument cluster here soon.
2: We have people stop by all the time, said you come out and figure out what I'm doing wrong. That's why let's go after Sure. At it. Uh, give me ten minutes, I'll probably get to it <laughs> and figure out what it is. But all right, we're gonna head over to Brian. Brian's got a ninety six GMC Sierra. Brian, what's going on today? I like those trucks.
6: Yeah, I I do, too. I just purchased this about a month ago. Uh, I was uh, headed out here on Easter Sunday. We went to a friend's place. I'm up in Montana, by the way. Uh, And Anyway, we got some snow that day, and I drove back in the snow, and kind of some sloppy stuff. It kind of, most of it melted. And when I got back, my wipers and washer weren't working.
0: Hmm. Okay. And then,
6: about a day later, when it warmed up and thawed out, they started working again.
3: I bet the pulse board's bad in that wiper motor.
2: It is bad in that wiper motor. We know that, don't we, Kyle? We do. Here's the experience <laughs> that comes in with uh, dealing with those trucks, and I've owned one. and Kyle's owned one. You always had a spare, didn't you? You always had a spare. <laughs> <laughs> Especially if it was a winter time and a long trip. So out underneath the hood, um, on that wiper motor that sits right on the firewall, there is a black piece of plastic. And with some torque screws in, probably 15s, you yeah. know.
3: T15, there's four of them.
2: Yep, yep. You just pull that off of there, and it gets wet inside there. And that printed circuit board goes bad. So you can buy one at O'Reilly's, or Dorman has them, I think. Yeah, you, they've you can
3: redesigned buy, it like three or four times. Yeah,
2: you can get them. And usually they'll come with a little bit of uh, a gasket on it, or they even had a little bit of sealant on mm-hmm. it. A lot of times we would maybe seal the... the some
3: just layer silicone around. Yeah.
2: There. Just some very light silicone. Don't get too carried away with it. But uh, that just kind of keeps that moisture out of there. And sometimes it, moisture gets into certain things. To, you know how it was, you know, a couple of weeks ago around here in Omaha where the the high moisture content would cause that problem, too. So that's going to fix your problem.
6: Okay. Oh, that sounds like a fairly simple fix, so it I is. appreciate that. A couple it minutes is. you'll be done.
2: Yeah, a couple of minutes will be done. Just some torque screws and yeah. uh, just go, and a magnet because yeah. they'll go flying, and yeah. they're just tiny little screws, so make sure you keep a magnet close to them. So.
6: Okay, I'll do that. We'll yeah, be- one tidbit, Montana tidbit you might like is when vehicles are like 10 years old out here, you can register them for life after that. And really? They never have yeah, and they never have to re register 'em then you're you're good to go for as long as you want to keep it.
2: Well, I that good. great. Yeah. Yeah. What part of Montana are you in?
6: Uh kind of up by near Glacier Park, up north of Kalispell.
2: Okay. All right. Thanks I, for the call. Yeah, appreciate the call. I'm gonna try to get out there in a few yeah. weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Love your show. All right. Appreciate you listening. Thanks for the call, Brian. Well, good. We got a Montana caller. Yeah. Great. This radio station goes forever. Yeah. I wonder call if. Call us up
3: just to tell us where you're from. Yeah, just yeah.
2: call us up. I wonder if there's. I wonder if this reaches all the way to Idaho. Maybe it does. I bet it does. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> does it? Good. All right, we're going to head over to Steve's. Uh, we're going to take a quick break or not? Okay. We're going to take a quick break, Steve. Hang on. We'll be back in just a minute and answer some calls. <laughs> all right, we are back at the Mr. Mechanic Show. 558 five, 1110 is the numbers to get in. This is interactive call-in show give us a call and see if we can help you with your problems we're going to head over a steve 96 f350 steve what's going on thanks for waiting
0: well uh before i tell you about my problem uh you can register your vehicle five years in advance in arizona really yeah five and years it- in
2: advance oh well okay by-
0: Five years in advance. And if you sell it, it'll uh, kick back your unused years in terms of, you know, money, prorated.
2: Well, that's a great deal. I I would like that. It's a fantastic
0: deal. Yeah. Anyway. I'd forget. (laughs) Yeah, here's my situation. My 96 F-350 4x4 uh, 7.3 Power Stroke has oil, Ebola. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, oil comes out of every orifice. It comes out where there isn't even a seal, it seems like. Uh, and, yeah. and I have uh, drilled this down to probably the reason is it's got 200,000 miles. And if you change the oil and filter and put in some good 15, uh, 30, it won't leak for probably a week. But then it'll start and then it really turns into a major problem again. My question is, and I think what's happened is the rings have worn down, so it's, it's bypassing the diesel into the oil and thinning it out and major sure. problem.
2: Sure. Mm-hmm.
0: And my question is uh, cost versus value to get a Reman 7.3 and switch it out. Um, or just get rid of it. That's
3: it. It's gonna be an expensive engine swap. I'm
2: it sure. is. It is gonna be expensive because diesel is just that. I guess.
3: I mean, you could be what eight to ten grand, pretty easy.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Every bit of that ten. Yeah. Ten grand plus. Um, what's the rest of the truck look like? I mean, is it great truck? Is it uh, here in here in Nebraska? So here in Nebraska. So and it,
0: it's. It's got the obligatory Ford rust, you know, uh, uh, around the fenders and and uh, uh, you know, otherwise it seems to be, you know, it's it's the problem is the brand new ones are eighty thousand dollars.
2: Yeah, yeah, and that's really where you're at is, you know, what you need to do is have that truck looked over well and make sure that the frame and the suspension and and all that you need to just write down everything that you would have to put into it, so that if you did put 12000 bucks into it, you know that you got a good solid vehicle going forward. Not something you got to turn around and put ten, twelve here, and another five over here, and brakes or another two, and you know all that. And if everything is good and solid, I wouldn't see any reason to do it. I mean, I tell you that that seven is a great motor. It really is, and uh, I have one in one of my tow trucks and. uh uh, I've had more than a few people want to buy it, <laughs> and I'm not giving it up because it's yeah it's got 100,000 miles on it, and it just goes and doesn't hardly have any problems. Um, I'd have to say close to none. none. I mean, it has some problems over the years. Cam sensors go bad. It's got some oil leaks and things like that on occasion, but it's just been a great motor, and there's they just don't make them like that anymore. And you're right. Well, It's 70 grand. Uh, how, how many motors can you put in that truck and keep it going by the time you've uh, – You know, paid for another one. Well,
0: and to a certain degree, this motor has been, I'll say, possessed, though, because I've fried a uh, wiring harness on the uh, uh, driver's side, left side. Mm -hmm. I've uh, another issue. I've blown holes. I don't know how, but you know where the fuel filter goes in? That's kind of a pop metal uh, casting. Sure. And I've blown holes right through the bottom of that somehow. Um, and now it also leaks fuel uh, somewhere. I've put in several lift pumps, but it leaks fuel uh, coming out the bell housing on the bottom. Mm-hmm. And so, I, like I said, to some degree, this particular engine is possessed.
2: Yeah, So, and there's going to be some other things that you're going to want to do that. So it's not just the engine. You're gonna to want to go. while you have it apart? You're gonna to want to upgrade, you know, and say, hey, you know, what about a turbo? What about this? Yeah. If your if your lift pump has been fairly new, then you know that you know your oil. There, there's gonna be other things in there that that's gonna drive that price up. While you're already there, you're just doing for the price of the parts. Yeah, you, you don't want to throw a. If they all got two hundred thousand miles on it, you want to factor that into how much other that I, am I gonna throw into this so I got a good solid not going to have a problem repair after I'm done. Eight injectors, for example, you know, things like that. In other words,
0: don't take a shower and put on dirty underwear.
2: <laughs> right, right. You know, there's a lot of hard parts you can reuse, but there are some things that, you know, and, and, and that's sometimes that's what happens when we do car repair. It just it, it drives the price up a little bit, not because we're trying to, but, you know, for example, if you're doing a timing belt and the water pump's driven off the, the timing belt, gosh, you're right there, you know, and you're, let's do it now because it's just going to, your labor is going to double when we got to go back in and do it again, so. Yeah, yeah. And you don't want to have any problems. You just don't want to spend all that money and say, <laughs> and then you're going to get disgusted, you're going to sell it, and you're going to be upside down in it, you know, putting more money in than you can get out, so, yeah. Okay, but well. If it's a good vehicle, I'd do it. Uh, Yeah, but you
0: got the, the tools and the knowledge, the skill,
2: yeah. and the friends. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And they're big and heavy, and they're they're not any fun to change. We've, we've done all. I'
0: All I'm good at is buying the beer.
2: <laughs> well, you're a good guy to know, then. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, Steve, appreciate the call. Thanks, guys. You bet. You bet. All right, well, you know, and it's, the, the diesels are just big and heavy, and there's so much stuff yeah yeah they are you know and the last time we the last i think it was many many years ago and we we did a we did a, a diesel and a hummer an each one hummer
3: i remember that
2: yeah yeah
3: i was there for that one
2: don't bring it by we're not doing it again <laughs> we did it we're done one and I've done we're not gonna to do it use again. A floor jack to put a starter in <laughs> i know it <laughs> all right five five, eight, eleven, tens the numbers to get in and if you're on the hold hang on a second we'll be back in a moment okay we are back in the mr mechanic show we're gonna head into the lightning round we got three on the line and uh we're short on time so George 07 Cadillac what's going on
5: yeah I've uh, 137 thousand I bought it brand new is it that
4: difficult to change the alternator I've heard horror stories
2: yeah
3: yeah, yeah. it's they kind
2: of tuck them right in them no man's land yeah no man's land they did (laughs) i can't remember is is that the one you got to pull the radiator on or uh, air conditioning compressor that particular
3: model i can't remember i know it's kind of buried though it is buried um and the fans got to come out at least
2: yeah fans got to come out and uh i can't remember you if you either pull the radiator out which just leads to a whole bunch of mess or you uh go down and, and Take lift, the cradle down. Or? Yeah, take the cradle down, push the cradle down, take the air conditioning compressor off, and just kind of slide it out of the way or completely out. Um, you'd have to ch- you have to check on that. But, yes, they, okay. uh, they they just took every inch they possibly could and um, used it. Yeah. So,
4: okay. We got, I bought a General Motors or a Cadillac service manual, and it says four hours. But, yeah. Everything I've seen on YouTube and Googled, I mean, some of these people got the whole front end of the car taken off.
2: Yep. Yep. Yep, they do. And four hours, I mean, anymore, it doesn't take much to pull a bumper. And and to do that, you know, doing a headlight in one of those cars is, you know, a three-hour possibility to to change a $150 headlight. So, yeah, uh, yeah, you're going to be every bit of four hours into it for sure. And if it's your first one, you're going to count on eight. Yeah. It's okay. Hard. All right. Thanks. All right, George. Thank you, guys. You bet. All right. Uh, we're gonna head over to Ray. 2011 Silverado. Ray, what's going on today?
5: Yeah. Hi. Hey. Um,
4: my my Chevy, which has been great to me. I've got 211 thousand on it. Mm-hmm. I bought plugs at 150 plugs and wires. Mm-hmm. But it's never, you know, every now and again I'll get my engine light come on. I put the little box on it, it says number one cylinder misfire and then the engine light will go out for a couple weeks and then come on for a couple of days and say the same thing. So I haven't messed with it. You know, at 211000 is it going to be extra hard to get them plugs out?
3: Not generally.
2: Not, no, not generally on a Chevrolet. They, they they designed that way back when and stuck with it, and uh, no. I mean, they can be sticky. Uh, usually, what happens when you start pulling wires off those spark plugs? They've been on there so darn long that they just rip. So it's a good thing you got a set of wires. But uh, pull number one, kind of take a look. I would imagine 211,000 miles, there wouldn't be much left, even if it's a platinum or, yeah. or, or iridium. <laughs> um, it's
3: original to the truck. Yeah, you know, just make you, sure you're not burning any oil in that cylinder. Right, you'll be good. I mean,
2: right. Yeah, I'm not not
4: burning any oil. I'm not dripping any oil. The only thing I've ever done was put on a set of wheel bearings on the front right.
2: Yeah. And I
4: broke a spring because I pulled a 28-foot fifth wheel with it.
2: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. No, at 200 and some odd thousand miles, you might even get better gas mileage, especially today, this repair, and you've already got them, you know. Yeah, get after it. Yeah, I, you know they're it, s- it hasn't
4: never changed since I got the truck. It's been fifteen. It's never uphill, downhill, never mattered.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. Then. So, do
4: I not mess with it until I have to, or should I just go ahead and change them out?
2: Well, it depends on just how ambitious you are. So, the two schools of thought, you know, leave it as it is, and as Keep soon as the parts you have in the back seat. <laughs> yep, put them in the back seat. As soon as you have a problem, do it all. Or if you're just looking for something to do one day, because you know we are all bored sometime, then. Do it then. Oh sure, <laughs> sure. Yeah, there's no rush to do it though. If it's everything's working. Okay, don't
4: leave. Don't yeah.
2: if You're okay. getting fi- if you're getting 15 miles a gallon. I mean, if you change all that stuff, you might get 16.
4: Right, right. <laughs> or I could break a plug and then have to call you and yeah.
2: no that's a possibility, but I, I would say probably not. I really would. They probably just not on it yet, no, yeah. they just don't have that kind of problem, but. They they can depending okay. on how rusty it gets up in there, but for the most part, no.
4: Yeah, it's pretty clean in there. Yeah.
2: Yep. Okay. Yep. Well, I appreciate. It. I'm going to leave good enough alone
5: and put them under there for another ten thousand, hopefully.
2: There you go.
3: Yeah, it's an endurance contest. Yeah, uh, yeah,
2: yeah. That's how i was just going to say it's a contest now. Yeah, we got to see mean, how long this goes. Is. Keep <laughs> us <laughs> updated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Call us well, when you get three hundred. <laughs> Call us when you get three hundred, and let's see what you've done. All right. Okay, appreciate the call, Ray. We're going to head over to Dan. Dan's got an 01 Honda Accord. Dan, what's going on?
5: Uh, Traction control light comes
4: on after the vehicle about three miles, maybe four miles, somewhere in there. The only thing that comes up on a code is a coolant temp sensor.
3: Possibly be that or? Not for traction control. I mean, that'll be your check engine light maybe, but. Yeah. Are you using a scanner that can communicate with the ABS system, yeah. or is it just like a little code reader? Nah, Not, no. Yeah,
2: yeah. So, what, what what Kyle's telling you is that you're you've got a little small one, and we use some of these at the station just for quick diagnostics. But it only gets you kind of, right. you know, it's only going to get you PO codes, which is your your check engine light codes. But you need a bigger, better scanner to get down into your ABS, your traction control, your airbags. CB
3: and U codes.
2: Yeah, CB and U codes. There you go. So, and you you're into a traction control, which backs up into a little bit of the ABS, and that's why you can't get a code. You're going to have to have somebody that's got a better scanner, more expensive okay. scanner, to get to it. More than likely, you, right. more than likely what you've got is a. Just a bad sensor, yeah, or speed sensor. Speed sensor. Or you got a wheel bearing that's bad. Um, that's more than likely probably where you're heading towards, or maybe even a. If it's doing it intermittently, I would probably space say speed sensor or bearing.
3: Yeah, I think the pump motor and module are probably working just fine.
2: Right. You just got to get something better in order to determine which of the four wheels it's doing it. Okay. So.
5: All right. Very good. You guys work on that kind
2: of stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah. We do every day. Okay. All right, I'll have to be giving you a call. All right, appreciate
3: the call. Thank you very much.
5: You bet. Bye-bye.
2: All right, holy, right up to the end. That was, we timed that pretty well, didn't we? Yeah. All right. Can't teach that. Can't teach that. That's (laughs) your experience right there, man, I'll tell you what. All right, well, 558-1110 is the numbers to get a hold of us next week. Call, call early, get you in so we can uh, solve your problem, get you to the parts store quicker. I'm Bob. Kyle. We'll see you next week.